This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. When you're driving, speed bumps force you to slow down. Some are big, some are small. Regardless of the size, they can really mess up your car if you go over them too fast. In this go, go, go world, society tends to have a negative view of speed bumps. But in my opinion, they don't have to be a bad thing. We all go through speed bumps in life, such as getting married, a spiritual awakening, having children, changing jobs, a trauma, and more. In this podcast, you will hear the various speed bumps that people have encountered and how those experiences have shaped them into the person they are now. Because every story has speed bumps, and that is what makes life interesting. everyone. I wanted to welcome you to another episode of Speed Bumps. And today I have Legs and Buffalo from False Reality Check. And I am super happy to have them on. They're a blast to listen to on their podcast. And just talking to them beforehand was a ton of fun. Um, thank you guys for coming on. Oh, thank you, Ellie. This, for is, us. this is awesome. And uh, it's always good to have another face in the podcast scene. And yours is very unique and we're thankful to be a part of it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, something different, but also kind of the same because I feel like all the podcasts that we listen to, everyone has their speed bumps and, um, you know, people can come and talk about their metaphysical stuff or their conspiracy stuff or their homes. Like everyone has something, you know. Right. For sure. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> so the question that I ask everybody beforehand is tell me two of your favorite things about yourself. And so that means legs you have to do too and buffalo you have to do too. It's not like two oh the show. Oh my gosh. Okay. I hate talking about myself. That's like, she, she really or is. giving myself compliments. So it's really weird. But I will say one of, one of them is my green eyes. Okay. A, it seems to be a unique thing that not many people have. And the other is, my unique ability to catch birds going at it just randomly in the spring. I'll just look up on a wire and see two birds just going at it. And I'm like, huh? And I mean, having sex. That's what I mean by going at it. That, she sees it all the time. It's a very unique skill. Oh my that, God. Um, Do you like I'm know the different types have. of birds too? Like, can you identify oh, yeah. them now? Nice. Oh yeah. It's I'm a bird nerd. So I'm pretty good with IDing birds. I can hear a sound like <laughs> earlier I was um, um, working, helping out at city hall and she had the lady I was helping out had the window open. And so I'm always like listening for bird sounds and I hear a bird sound. I'm like, huh, I just stopped what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I got to just play this sound real quick. And so all these bird noises come from my phone and she just turns around, just looks at me like, Okay. Like no questions asked. Just okay. Then I'm like, yeah, this is a Western tanager. You hear that? And she's just like, 
Okay. So yeah, that's my, that's my level of weird. She does, she does that to me all the time. too. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, oh. um, I guess for my, it's about myself. So it's yeah. two favorite things about myself. Um, I like, I like my blue eyes. I get a lot of compliments on my blue eyes. That's, that's always good to hear whenever com- somebody compliments me on my eyes. Right. I didn't, I didn't pick them. That's just how I was born. White, white power. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh goodness. Um, I don't know. Um, my sense of humor. I like to make fun of everything and laugh at everything. And I think if we don't laugh, we cry. So it's just better to laugh. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Cause I bet you that if I asked about and I flipped it and I said Buffalo about legs and legs about Buffalo. You guys gave me like a list of like 40 things each. Yep. But it's so funny yeah. to like hear somebody like, wait, I've talked about something I like ab- about me. Like I actually like me. And it's, it's so funny because people are like, I don't know what to do. And yeah. I, I had one person and he was Kyle and he came on and I warned him beforehand. And he's like, I, I, he's like, I really don't know. And it's just, I'm like, but if we all just loved ourselves just a little bit, just a little bit. Because we can do it to our partners all the time. We can give like this whole list. Right. Oh, yeah. I always do that. I always compliment you and I, I, I throw compliments at you and you're just like, no, no. And I'm, I'm just like, like, shut up. Stop lying to me. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, you're just saying that because you're my husband. I'm like, I'm your husband because I love you. And I think of these things, you know, and I'm like, like your, your eyes, your hair, your laugh, like everything, like it's all culminates into a beautiful person. Oh, thank you. <laughs> awesome. So you guys, when did you guys, move, you guys moved from California to the potato state and when did that happen? Oh my goodness. That was beginning of November. Yeah. It was sometime before Thanksgiving. Okay. And this whole, we planned this maybe like two, was it two years out, five years out originally? It was originally going to be two years out. And then Adam was like, you need to bump that up. Adam from uh, Deborah Gets Red Pilled podcast and um just things started moving quickly with our jobs like we knew we had to jump from cali because things were just getting so expensive um i don't know if you've ever been to california southern california or experienced it but tons of people cars traffic um we knew that was just not for us anymore like we lived it for how many years of our life? 30, our, our whole life. Pretty much I mean, our whole life, born like and raised. 32 years up to that point, 33 years maybe. And it was just normal to us, you know? And we ventured out to where we're living now um, last summer just to check it out, do a little vacation. We were here for a little over a week and we got to experience um, another way of living, which is small town living. Um, Country living, country living, farming, and just slow paced lifestyle. And we were like, okay, this is more our speed, you know, and just people, normal people having normal conversations um, that didn't involve the, the latest sports team or TV show or whatever Johnny Depp is doing in court. Like, yep. oh my God, I have not <laughs> been paying attention to any of that other than what you told me the other day. About the poop in the bed. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like people are watching this shit. Like, oh my God, can I cuss? I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, you can cuss. You can do whatever. whatever. You're good. (laughs) But yeah, I'm like, how are people watching this and thinking this is real? You know, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, Yeah. And we came, we came out here 
I mean, my, my parents were living here at the time, literally in, in this trailer that we're in right now. And um, my dad bought this land when he was like in his thirties, maybe late twenties. Um, he, he, my family was all Mormon at the time. So he went and served a mission in California where he met my mom and then fell in love brought her up here to get married and to start his family technically up here, bought this little quarter acre from my grandpa's land. This all used to be my grandfather's land. And my grandpa helped him set the trailer up. They got water connected. They did everything. And he was originally going to stay up here um, and, you know, raise his family. And I don't know if my, I think my mom and my grandma convinced him there's more opportunity in Southern California and could probably, you know, have more of a family and ended up going down there. And they left this up here for like 30 years going dilapidated it was really really gross before it got kind of cleaned up a bit and they told us you know to move up here that it was cool if we stayed here and found a place to buy with whatever we got out of our sale from our home in southern california and when when we came last summer it was like i mean literally we rolled into town right as the fourth of july parade was happening and it was such a wonderful small town experience, like kids screaming and happy and sparklers. And then the parade floats, like everybody tossing candies out to the kids. It was like the picturesque fourth yeah, of July. Small town. Small yeah. Town, yeah, exactly. And so we were like, okay, we can get down with this. And we didn't know what the future held for our jobs. We kind of figured, I mean, my job didn't even know I left the state. Technically, I wasn't allowed to leave this state unless I told someone. And then when I came back, I would have had to quarantine for 14 days. And I just didn't say anything. I was like, I'm taking a vacation. And I didn't say where I was going. It was none of their business. So I just did my thing. But yeah, we we figured, okay, we can do this in two years. You know, we can definitely get up here in two years. And um, lo and behold you know, the, the mandates came down and our jobs were pretty much telling us in order to work, you need to get the, the jab and we don't like being told what to do. So we said, no, <laughs> especially when it's something that's not even, what was it? Well, it wasn't approved. Uh, it's even if it was approved by the government, like no, thanks. <laughs> no, I don't trust the government. I mean, the government approved the McRib. So <laughs> You know? Yeah. And I mean, like technically it's approved for like 18 and up or 16 and up, but the product that's approved, you can't actually get in the U S or anywhere. So yeah. right. only, only in Germany. <laughs> yeah. It, it's all these weird semantics and shit. Yeah. It was, it was a nightmare. So, um, that two year window turned into like a month to like two weeks to like now. <laughs> so we jumped. I think I had one of the biggest, one of our biggest speed bumps prior to the move was just figuring out how we were going to get all our stuff up here and just packing. And you, it's amazing what two people can accumulate just living together for, we were there for what, six years yeah. in our place? Yeah, about six. Six years. And just having to throw stuff out, pack, um, Give stuff away. Give stuff away. Deal with uh, people basically being like, you're crazy. What are you doing? You're leaving a, a job that and, and PTO and, you know, insurance, all the stuff that we're told is 
the only way to go, you know, your 401k and all all those things. Yep. All the securities, um, (laughs) just because we, we wouldn't get a shot. Like you're just going to give that up. And we are like, yeah, we are, (laughs) we're not happy. It's time. What better time to go than now? Yeah. We, um, you had kind of a bigger speed bump in terms of your breakup with your job than mine. Mine was like, I, I feel like I kind of just put it out there and I was going to originally give them two weeks and be like, I'm going to give you two weeks. Cause that's like the normal thing to do. You mm-hmm. give two weeks. I mean, I was there for years, so I could, should have probably given them like a month, but I gave them a week. And that's because like they, they knew my stance on this whole jab thing. I didn't even answer their stupid question. Mm-hmm. If they're like, are you vaccinated or not? I'm like, what's it to you? I don't work in any building. I work in my house what do you care? So I refuse to answer their stupid questions. Cause if I answered that question, then it'd be another question. And then another question, then pretty soon it would be mandatory to do right. anything. So I, I gave them a week and I made sure to leave right at the busiest time and to, <laughs> to make sure that they would miss me. And they did. And they flat told me, they're like, we really don't want you to quit. Is there any way that we can try and work something out? And maybe you can continue to work when you're up there. And I was like, not if this is a requirement, I'm not going to do any of this stuff. And I just flat told them, I made up some line. I was like, there's some family things going on. I have to take care of that. I'm, I'm going to be more attentive to that than to this. So it doesn't make sense for me to leave you guys hanging and have my mind somewhere else. So they still threw it out there. And I think it's still an option if I ever really wanted to go back. But if I really want to hate myself, I'll go work for this company because it works. It's a basically like a pharmaceutical kind of a thing. And I, I just don't want to do it anymore. Yours is way worse than mine though. Right. It wasn't, I mean, I don't want to say it wasn't like I was dying or anything, but yeah, they kind of just kicked me to the curb after all the work I did. I put in I think I was there for seven years at that company and I grew as a biologist, field biologist in, in planning. And, um, I love, I will say I, I enjoyed the traveling part of my job and getting to go into the, out to the desert and other environments, but having to, um, watch another where monster warehouse or Amazon warehouse get put up in a place that I surveyed. I just, it got old after a while. But, um, yeah, I had that same question where they asked if I got the jab or not. I never answered it. They gave me deadlines to answer the question and I just ignored it. Um, I didn't get in trouble for, um, not following their stupid protocols of wearing a mask when you go in the building or cleaning up the work truck after you're done. I just did business as usual in my eyes and no one around me got sick unless they got the jab, you know, (laughs) so but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was an ugly breakup because, uh, I basically, they knew it was coming. I never put in like an official two weeks, but I was in talks with talks with my manager and basically said, yeah, I'm not going to get this thing. And if they continue to push it, then I'm, I might just quit, you know? Um, so yeah, one day the CEO, did a little webinar and was basically saying, yeah, every employee needs to get it to work for this company because we have government contracts. So um, that was that. That night I put in my email to basically say I'm done. 
And that next day they wanted all my stuff and just no, they basically banned me from the company. I can't work there anymore. <laughs> I can't get references from the people I worked with if I ever wanted to, which, which is, is, which is illegal. Wait, which is why illegal. can't you get references? Uh, I don't know. They told me they, t- okay. They didn't tell me, but they told my boss that he can't provide any references for me for other wow. employment. Yeah. And wow. he, he told me, I'm still going to do it if you ever ask, but this is just what went down. So it was just ugly. And I know I'm not going to be working in that field anymore. So it, it was kind of like, whatever, but at the same time, it really puts into perspective for everyone that's working for a large corporation that you're just a number. And if you give them your all, they can easily just kick you to the curb. So treat that shit as just a job to get your fiat money, your matrix money, so you can survive in this video game and understand that only put in your 40. (laughs) You know, if you do overtime, if you love doing that, that's cool. But your family, your health comes first. That company doesn't give a shit about you. So that is something I already knew, but it really just hammered home. Yeah, Um, And we were, we were trying to detach from that. You, you putting in your, your, your notice basically of saying I'm gone. Yeah. And we were out in the desert, a place that you love, quiet, beautiful scenery. We were just, this was the next day. Yeah. We were just trying to just relieve your mind a little bit from all that. And then lo and behold, your boss just starts pestering you through text and call, like, you need to bring your equipment in. This is it. And all this stuff. And I, and I, I probably shouldn't have done what I did, but I did it anyways, because if you bug my wife and you keep harassing her, I'm going to go after you. So I, and this is a guy who was in our wedding who I thought was a friend, um, but he was treating her very unlike a friend. So I just flat told him, I'm like, if you don't stop harassing us, you'll get your equipment. But if you don't stop harassing us, we're going to sue your company to the ground, including you. So you need to leave us the fuck alone. You'll get your equipment when you get it. We're not doing anything to it and you don't need it right now. So just relax. And I guess he took very great exception to that. Got really insulted and still wants me to apologize. He can go fuck himself, first of all. Um, But you don't treat my wife that way and call yourself a friend. You need to put your friend hat on and treat her like a friend if you say you're a friend. Otherwise, you're just a fucking liar. And yeah. you're just you just pretend to be a friend to get what you want out of her, which is labor hours. Yeah. And that's one thing I I struggle with a lot is just giving people benefit of the doubt, but to a point where I get put in a situation where either I get hurt or get lied to or um, manipulated. And the friendship we had was great. We're not really talking anymore. And if we do talk again in the future, that's awesome. I'm open to it, but Man, it was a good learning experience. It made me question just how much of a friendship we had and if it was more so I was just needed at the time to get the job done for him and that company, you know? But, yeah, I know. Yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 When I worked at my last pharma type company um, and I gave my notice, they, at first they were like, well, what can we do to keep you? And me knowing I wouldn't go back, um, gave an obscene amount for a raise. And then I said, the person who's been harassing me needs to be fired. 
And that was the breaking point, not the money point. It, they, they, right. they, they weren't going to get rid of the person who was harassing me. Um, and so I said, okay. And I was told I was going to have like, um, it, it was like I quit on a Wednesday. Um, I was going to have like two weeks to like hand over all the passwords, all the vendor information. Like I had everything. Cause I was a lab manager and I went to go to the weekly lab meeting on a Friday and my account was locked out and I couldn't get in the building and they didn't tell me shit. And they're just like, oh yeah, um, someone will meet you in the parking lot and you need to hand it over. And I said, you said I could say goodbye. And he's like, well, from, I'll, I'll text you the link and you could just remote in from your phone. So he tried to do this whole like, yeah, it's so sad. She's leaving. And I like, I set everyone straight. And then I was like, yeah. And I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. And this is bullshit. And I was totally pissed off. Like, and I told my husband later, he's like, you can't do that. And I was like, why not? Like these people are stupid. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Same here. I was just, I literally just peaced out. Like there was maybe a few people, handful of people that knew what was going down. Cause I've told them prior but everyone else at that company, they're probably wondering where the hell I went because I haven't I haven't talked to any of those people since I left. And I didn't give out my new number, nothing, just just trying to detach for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was a weird thing how they treat you like a criminal at the end. They're like, give us all your shit. Yeah. Get out of here. I mean, I already had binders. I I have notes this thick of all the shady shit that they do as proof. Um, and I had gotten that out cause I'd been planning my exit for a long time. Um, but I think they realized that when I put in my notice and that's why they very hastily cut off all my access. But at that point it was too late. Right. I did the same thing with my company. So I want to clarify, I didn't work for a pharmaceutical company. I work for someone just as evil. <laughs> it's a pharmacy benefit manager. So we pay the drug companies and buy the drugs in bulk and then we sell them as part of your insurance package. You know, that that's like, so if you, if you go to like CVS or Walgreens and get drugs, like we are the ones that pay for your drugs and then you get charged a copay. It was literally my job to make sure that you guys had to pay your exact copay and to save my company money. So it's, it's oftentimes I would save the company five, the minimum I've saved them was like five th- 500000 in one quarter. And the max I saved them was a half a billion in, in a half a year. And I never saw any of that as a bonus because I never got any bonuses. Um, I didn't really get any pay raises or anything either. They just kept it. And um, they, they're just as bad. So I had like a little book of like all the shady shit like the memos and the emails and even just like inter inter office, like pol- yep. political shit of like people harassing other people. I kept it all. I printed it and it's, it's sitting in my filing cabinet so that I can continue <laughs> to talk shit about OptumRx, who is the company that I worked for. And they can't say anything about it because I know they say, Oh, you signed an NDA. I didn't sign shit. First of all. And if you, if you come after me, I'm going to release all that information. So, because all that will damage the reputation. They started as prescription solutions and they got their reputation so damaged that they had to turn into OptumRx. So literally, if they want to fuck with me, I'll damage the reputation. They can call themselves whatever the fuck they want next. I don't care. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the feistiness. This is ex- that's basically something I would do. I was like literally talking to lawyers 
And I went through like four different lawyers and they were all basically like, they broke so many laws in so many different ways. There isn't one person that could handle this. You would need like four firms and no one's going to take this pro bono. And that's the only reason you don't have a case right now. And I was like, well, I'm just going to hold on to this because if, because I've never actually said the name of the company that I work for. Um, but if they decide to get whatever, I can be like, well, I already reported you to OSHA. I already reported you for harassment and got my unemployment. Like I can keep going. Like I'm unemployed. I have all day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. That is, uh, these, these corporations ain't shit. You know, half of them are doing illegal things. Like, um, the company I worked for. Yeah. There was a lot of shady shit, just like every corporation that's out there. Um, so everyone listening, keep files, keep tabs on the corporation you work for because you might need it in the future. Yeah. And other corporations keep tabs on them. It's called corporate espionage. Mm. You can be a corporate spy as well, just for yourself. <laughs> Protect yourself. Keep everything. Print it in triplicate and keep it in different files because if they ever come after you, you have all the evidence you need. Once you take it to court, they're going to basically go in there and ask you for a settlement because they don't want it to come to become public. Yeah. When I started working there and I quickly realized what was going on, my husband encouraged me to do that. And he called it cover your ass. Um, CYA. He's like, print everything, do everything, forward your emails. He's like, yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts. (laughs) That is crazy. So yeah, that was like our, the start of this journey um, to where we are now. Yeah. And then we quit our jobs. Well, we had the hiccup and the speed bump coming up here too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> we like, we packed and, um, got the house ready to go. And literally the day before we're supposed to leave, he checks up on the U-Haul that we have ordered, ordered. It was rent- a budget rental. Oh, budget rental that we had on hold. And, we call and they're like, um, we, we don't have the truck for you. Like we don't have the moving truck. So (laughs) we looked at each other and we were just like, this always happens. This happens to, I'm sure you also, but whenever things get rolling, there's always something that just tries to stop it, you know, and bring a damper on the situation. And we didn't let it ruin the test anything. of how motivated you are exactly exactly yeah so what did i do i went and like i jumped online and i looked <laughs> for u-hauls because i'd previously checked u-hauls and they were all booked like every u-haul in southern california was booked yeah. and for some reason that afternoon i was like shit let me go check and i and i checked and the, the u-haul that was like five or six miles away from us over the hill had one 26 foot truck and it was fueled and ready to go and i was like could this be? So I called them. I didn't do the website thing. I called them and I was like, Hey, do you have that 26 foot truck that it shows in stock? Yeah. Put my name down. I'm reserving it. I need it from this day to this day. They booked me and I went and got it. It was like, it was like, okay, if we just put it out there, something will save us. And it did. It saved us. (laughs) There was a freaking dragonfly on that truck and dragonflies are, they represent transformation. And just, so we were like, okay, this is is happening. This is meant to be. Um, Yeah. So we had that hiccup Um, last night or last day. We just worked our butts off, loaded the truck, loaded the the vehicle. 
Um, your brother came over. Oh yeah. My brother and, came over to help and us. Even our realtor came over and helped <laughs> us pack. He was like, I'll come and help you. And he, he helped lift all the heavy shit. Like, Get your shit out of here so I can sell it. <laughs> but yeah, we worked our asses off and, uh, our last meal in our little condo was, uh, some ramen from down the street. This new ramen place opened up just in time. And I was like, Oh my Sit, God, we got to try it. Sitting on the floor in our, yeah. in our bedroom. <laughs> oh man, I'm going to cry. Um, yeah, that was our last, our last meal there. And we left that night. We figured let's just leave at night to avoid one of the main reasons was to avoid the, um, the, Truck, the truck stops, stop, truck scales, truck scales, because with the 26 footer, he, I guess we read, we would, we would have to stop at the scales. But then I also figured those scales aren't open at the night at, at night or early morning. So let's just, let's go. And we, we avoided all of them except for one, which was in, it was Utah. coming into Utah and I apparently yeah. didn't even need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we left that night. That was a, Ooh, I haven't driven at night in long ass time on like zero, maybe five hours of sleep from the night before. I don't even think we had it was any brutal. Sleep. It was, it was 1130 at night. We took off from Southern California yeah. and something like 18 hours later <laughs> on a straight drive Kudos. at about six thirty, seven o'clock here. Oh my God. We, we, the next day we got here and we just came in and just collapsed and to top it off like i thought we were going to be doing this on our own and every time <laughs> i had talked to my family about it i had mentioned yeah we're going to leave this day we are going to leave this day when i say we i i'm only allowed to talk for you and me i'm not allowed and to the talk dog. and the dog i'm not allowed to talk for other adults out there and for some reason we to my parents means them they came along so they, they've loaded their vehicle up. Like they were going to come stay here for a year. And we were, we had a 26 foot truck packed with things. You had a CRV packed with things and the dog. Yeah. And I'm like thinking, okay, why are you guys coming with us? You know, it's a small trailer. You said that it's our place. Why are you coming? Like, I think they thought they were going to help transition us over like we're retarded and we don't know what to do. Um, but every time I kept saying we, I didn't mean them. And they just thought I meant them. So they tagged along this 18 hour trip and came here and it quickly became apparent how small this place was and that this wasn't our home because they took the main room, which actually has room for two adults in it. They gave us a very tiny room with a bed that's about as soft as, um, you know, like a hardened clay. And, <laughs> and then they were like, good, you're happy, right? You're home. And it's like, I would be happier if it was my home and you weren't here. Like this oh, is, goodness. that's what you had told me. And it all came to kind of a crashing head. There was like this pressure building between all of oh, us. God. And we were this just, is intense. we were so, I was so spiteful <laughs> because I'm like, Thank and you. I lived it. <laughs> thank you for the help. Like, thank you for letting us come here and kind of like basically slum it in your trailer. But when you say it's yours, I take it to mean what you literally say. It's mine. Right. Yeah. Not it's mine in this little tiny corner on this clay bed. It's it's all mine, not this little piece. So 
for Thanksgiving, uh, our, our dinner was a blow up and we, we I, I, you didn't say anything. I no, kind of, I, it, it like everything came to a head and he started just raging. So I grabbed Izzy and I was like, let's go for a walk. And yeah. we were <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, I got to see Turkey. That was the first time I saw Turkey out here. So that was awesome. You're like, Oh, that's a good sign. Even, I was like, even though what's going on back home. I was like, I'm so glad this fight happened because I got to see wild Turkey. That's awesome. <laughs> I just, I kind of like, I asked, I'm like, when are you guys leaving? Because the the thing that they had been going around and telling her family and my relatives that live up here was that they were going to basically stick around until the next year. And that's not what they had told me. They had told me that they would only be up for a little bit to get us settled and then they would go back, but they packed as though it was like a year. And so I just threw it out there. I'm like, when are you guys leaving? Like, when are you going home? You said it was my home, but you treat it like it's like, I'm a guest. Is it my guest or is it my home? And I just kind of, and my, my, my mom, my mom has some mental illness issues. I feel like everybody in my family, including me has some level of mental illness issue. You especially. Yeah. Me, especially I'm a crazy (laughs) person, but she just like, she becomes super defensive, like a toddler would. Like when you catch a toddler making an error or mistake and you call them out on it, well, that's your fault. That's how she is. She does that right away. And it's very annoying. And I don't put up with it anymore. I just flat go, okay, here comes the teenager. All right, teenager, what do you want to say? And I'll, I'll belittle her and talk down to her. Like she's acting like a child because she is a child at that point. And I'm the adult. So, um, it didn't work out. And they ended up, I cooked a turkey. I smoked a turkey and they left and had dinner elsewhere. And then they came back and I was still outside smoking this turkey. And it was so awkward, Ellie. Like, oh, uh, it was such a, it was just too much. It was so awkward. It was too much. And I, and I was just trying to like smooth the situation out. And once once that woman gets very angry, it's very hard to get her to not be angry or even apologize for. Does she do the passive different. aggressive thing? Like where she pretends that she's not angry, but she really totally is. And yes. I don't know what you're talking about at all. Cause I don't have anybody in my life like that. Yes. Yeah. yes, That's exactly <laughs> how it is. And it's been like that since I was a child. So I, I just assume she has like, I don't know, some kind of personality disorder, histrionic personality disorder or something. So I, I try and keep my mom at arm's length distance and I, I don't ruffle feathers as much, but when you tell me something and it's not true, I, I will point it out. And, um, eventually there was, there was more, a lot more to this fight that was building. It wasn't just that. Oh yeah. Um, There was other things I had mentioned that I probably shouldn't have mentioned, but I mentioned to them anyway. (laughs) And, and uh, cause uh, you know, I'm like, I'm on a roll here. Let me just say, I'd love to get it all out now. <laughs> yeah. And so I did, and they got angry and my dad's very passive of a person. So he didn't really, he was just kind of like, well, I'm sorry that we told you this and it wasn't this way. I'm sorry. We made these assumptions and we came up. My dad's a very good person at heart. My mom is a good person at heart. She just doesn't exercise it that well. And, um, I feel like that was the, that was a huge speed bump, but after they left, which was like a, within like what, four or five days, they ended up packing everything back up in their truck and leaving some tools and stuff here so that I can make improvements on this property, which was our deal to begin with. I would make improvements as long as we lived here. I would make improvements free of charge. They just paid for materials and I would do the labor. And they finally left. And when they left, my mom was like, Ooh, you know, like, 
all emotional and shit. And I'm like, just go, like, just, just go. You're fine. You're like, he's the baby of the family. So they, they treat him like the baby and it's, (laughs) It's, it's annoying. Yeah, it's super annoying. <laughs> super the annoying. fact that he, you don't embrace it, though, Buffalo, like kudos to you. Like, because a lot of guys who are treated the baby of the family, they like fully embrace it and they just never like grow up. And yeah, hmm. I can't I can't do that. I did. I did do that at one time when I was younger. And I just went to be a man. You can't let yourself be babied. That's that's not men are not babies men don't do that well. So you just can't deal with it anymore. And so I, I got to the point where I just can't handle that. Push them out. Basically they went back to California and um, they decided they wanted to buy a property up here to live up here. Gee, I wonder why, maybe because I'm here. <laughs> and then uh, they're, they're actually in the process of selling all their properties in Southern California and buying properties to live in here. Um, to rent out and then to live for themselves. Um, but man, that was such a big like blow up between us all that I don't think, I think my mom didn't talk to me for like a couple of weeks after that. I'm not really sure, but I, don't know. I was like, whatever. If you like, I'm the type of person, if, if I upset you and you're like, well, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm like, great. Then don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> Cause I never wanted to talk to you to begin with. <laughs> you and I would get along so well. <laughs> That's awesome. One of my favorite things, and my husband was like, you can't do that. And I was like, that sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. I've apologized. We've talked about this. If you still want to be mad, you can be mad, but I'm good. Your problem, not mine. He's like, you can't do that. And I was like, yeah, I can. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you can actually. And it works. It works just yeah. fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was a huge hurdle that we had to get over. Um, not saying your family is a speed bump, but... I'm saying that (laughs) I I can say that they're my family. (laughs) He just drove right over that speed bump, but, um, ran over granny and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Oh man. But yeah, once, uh, that whole thing just stopped, we were finally able to do what we came up here to do. And that was to work for ourselves, start a business and I don't know, not necessarily homestead, but raise our own food, raise our own food, yeah. learn how to garden, even though I kind of started that in Southern California, um, up here is a totally different beast with climate. So that's something I'm still, it's going to take me a few years to work out the kinks in that. And I'm like, so upset. I didn't take advantage of that Cali weather and garden for so many years when I was younger, but it's okay. You live and learn. Um, I'll take advantage of the good months that we have here and maybe get a greenhouse. Yeah. Cause it seems do. like you can't survive up here without a greenhouse or grow yeah. anything without a greenhouse. Um, but yeah. yeah, we were finally able to get the process on those things going and that hasn't been easy at all. And it's interesting how when we came up here, um, we came up right before the snow hit. So we got to experience winter for the first time, actual winter with snow and 20, 10 degree weather, minus like negative, negative weather, negative, like 20 degrees, pipes freezing, 
Um, that was a whole thing we had to learn <laughs> that we didn't know that we had to leave water running at night um, if we wanted to use water the next day. So that it's just been a, a giant speed bump of learning, I guess, <laughs> of just learning how to live out here. It, it's really like those, you know, those like mini speed bumps where you just keep hitting them and then it, pop, 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 yeah. pop. it was like that. It. The rumble strip. Until this point. The rumble strip. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah if you leave it, the cabinet doors open, depending upon how thick the wall outside walls is, the inside heat of the room will actually keep the pipes warm enough and you don't have to keep the water running if you keep the cabinet doors open because the cabinets will basically keep everything cold and that's when half pipes freeze. Right. Okay. We didn't think we didn't think about that. We had a neighbor too tell us, um, because we get some pretty thick ass snow out here. If we pile the snow against the trailer. It that'll help with the insulation too, and yep. we didn't even think about that. I kept digging away from the trailer. Yeah. I'm like, let me let me dig. This is not good. Let me dig this snow. And down. then I, he said that, and it just clicked. I'm like, of course, the Eskimos. Yeah, as long as you have like the dryer vent and like any necessary vents free, you're fine. Right. Yeah. So that was that was fun learning about that. But yeah, we we came at the beginning of winter, and so when winter hits up here, everything is shut down. Like no one goes out. Um, we're barely getting to know our neighbors and the people in this community, um, because everyone just stays in or they're not in town, uh, for the winter. So trying to start a business and build community when a situation like that, it's tough. It's tough. What's your business? So, we don't normally talk about our business on the podcast. Oh, but, I'm sorry. But no, you're it, good. You're good. Um, we can tell you after what it is, but yeah, yeah. it serves the local community. Okay. That's the, okay. Let's just say that. <laughs> That's good wording. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we were able to get that rolling um, towards the end of winter when things started opening up. And yeah, just we had our, we had our days of no hot water. Like maybe, I don't know, there's maybe a week we didn't have hot water. Yeah. And um, you get to learn about someone you live with real quick when that's not, when there's no hot water. I, I feel like you're saying something. <laughs> I'm like, what did I I'm do? I'm talking about again? Izzy. Oh, okay. She was so upset. Our dog was so mad. There was no hot water. <laughs> you, could you at least like boil it on the stove? Like, did you have a working stove? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. We were, he, he did that a few times. Well, he had to do that. We'd boil water and use that to wash the dishes because the cold water was just not working yeah. at all to get, yeah. to scrub those dishes. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was not a fun experience. We had another bump along the way was your, your grandfather got sick and unfortunately mm. passed and we had to go back to California. So we, we, we shoveled out of the snow. And then we mm. went back to California and my dumbass, I didn't realize the heat thing and you have to leave your heat going and you have to leave water going. And I didn't. And I thought, cause we had a neighbor that was going to come over and, and help watch the place while we were gone. We took Izzy with us. We didn't have chickens at the time. And she came over a few days later, not the day that we left. Like I thought she would come and apparently all the pipes froze there was like ice coming out of the sinks um, and the heater would not turn on. Like the heater was just straight broken. It wasn't, wasn't working. So 
for two weeks while we were mourning grandpa, I was really hoping we had a home to even come back to because it was a good possibility that I probably ruined it. And I, cause I didn't know what to do in cold weather. I'm from California. I don't know any of this <laughs> stuff. So, um, fortunately we came back and I think like the day after we came back, the hot water started to come back mm-hmm. and the heater was fixed. She fixed the heater while we were gone. It was just a thermostat issue and we're still here. We're, we're still, you know, it's, it's no snow outside, but we do get the occasional thunderstorm and it does get cold at night sometimes, but we made it. The weather is picking up significantly. We might hit 82 next week, which is, I haven't seen numbers like that since, heard of. since we went to say goodbye to grandpa yeah. in Cali. Like, oh my God. But yeah, it was an interesting winter. We learned a lot. Um, I would say I'm prepared for next winter and what to expect for sure, especially when the locals around us tell us that this previous, this last winter was probably the coldest it's ever been here. So I think we, what is, what's the saying? Trial by fire? Yeah. Yep. Only this is trial by ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was trial Listen, by ice for real. Ice can feel really hot if it's too cold. So that's true. That is true. Yeah. It was, it wasn't, it was insane. But now that um, there's so much life outside and we're finally raising our animals. And just to think about another winter, I can't, (laughs) I'm just trying to be in the present as much as I can every day. Like, oh my God. And whereas in the winter, I was like, when is this going to end? When is this going (laughs) to (laughs) end? What did I do? What did I sign up for? Yeah. Oh my God. But uh, yeah, we've had since winter, we've had like a few speed bumps um, in terms of just getting our business going and the chickens that was, I thought we waited too long to order them, which in a way we kind of did. Cause for the meat birds, um, we originally wanted to pick up the egg layers and the meat birds. There's a not fact, I'll say factory. <laughs> uh, where did we pick them up? It's a hatchery hatchery. There you go. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> There's a hatchery on the other side of the state, uh, to the West and near Nampa. So we went over there to pick up our babies, um, the egg layers. We had to get the meat birds shipped in. So for those that are interested in buying chickens, just get an idea of where you want them and understand that when you place an order, they're not going to come right away. Various places have um, days that only do hatching. They only hatch chickens that day. Um, they only hatch certain breeds at certain times of the year. And there are so many number of chicks that they hatch at a time. So keep that in mind and plan ahead, I guess, especially now since they're culling a bunch of freaking chickens and not letting people have chickens apparently in some places. So you have a rooster too? Yes. We actually have two roosters right now. So you're going to try hatching your own chickens? I think so. I think so. We're, so we have Bard Rocks, um, Rhode Island Reds and Buff Buff Orpingtons and the roosters we got. So we had one, we originally just bought one male rooster, one Bard Rock rooster. I'm sorry. And we get our order. We pick up our order and we, I'm counting the chicks when we get home and I'm like, 
I think we have an extra chick. Like we don't have 11, we have 12. So turns out we have two roosters and Fries. <laughs> the rest are hens. They threw in an extra rooster in there for us. So, which is cool because it, it'll help with uh, the management of the flock. The one male won't feel so overwhelmed, um, which is good. But yeah, the but they're they're both barred rocks. The roosters are barred rocks. So if we don't want some mutant chick, they'll have to mate with the other lady barred rocks. Yeah, I don't think it works the same way as like humans, where it's like any human from any group can mate and make another human. Whereas like chickens, like I think that the chickens we have, the rooster could mate with any of the other kind of chickens we have, and they could produce some sort of offspring. But will that offspring be fertile? Perhaps not. Perhaps they so will. Like a donkey. I have no yeah, idea. How like works. a right? like a don- like a donkey or a mule mule right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mules mules cannot produce offspring themselves. You have to combine a horse and a donkey together to get a mule. So for us, I'm like wondering, okay, because the buff Orpingtons are are blonde. They're like blonde little beautiful chickens, and the barred rocks are like speckled white and black. So I'm like, are we going to get like a blonde, white, and black weird mix kind of chicken? I don't know how it's going to work. I don't even know if it if an egg will or chick will be produced from that union. I guess we'll I find mean, out. Yeah, they I, fertilize the eggs, right? I don't even know. I don't know enough about chickens. I just I only recently learned there's egg layers and meat birds, and the meat birds can look like little mutants because they grow so fast. And beyond that, I don't know much about chickens. Yeah. The meat you are right on the meat birds, let me tell you. <laughs> oh my God. Those things are monsters. They're the same size as our egg layers and they're they're younger. They're like half the age yeah. of our egg layers. Now they're the same, like they've reached the same size. Their legs are just thick. They're bulky machines. Dis- disgusting looking. I thought I was going to have such a hard time butchering them and now I can't wait to butcher them. <laughs> it's like... It's because they're eating us out of house and home too. That and they're like, really <laughs> like, they, they peck at you. They're annoying. I told her earlier, they're like the cats of chickens. Like, like if, if layer, if you could diagnose like layers as like the dogs of chickens, like they're, they're really cool. She's got a cat there. So watch your shit talk. But you, but you know, like cats, (laughs) cats know when you love them, but they also know like, "Eh," and they'll like push you aside or they'll take their food and they'll be like, fuck that food. And that's, that's how these birds are. They're very finicky. They'll take their water and they'll dump it so that their water floods their brooder they'll knock their food over and they'll peck at me and they'll actually jump at me to try and like land on me trying to get out of the brooder they're like the cats of chickens and then layers are like the dogs because they're like they're dumb and they just like to go where the dogs are not dumb you know what i mean you know what i mean like like they're just like wide-eyed and like okay like they just go along with everything and cats don't go along with it they don't cats don't put up with your shit you have to earn their love i told him the meat birds are just upset because they're they know they're on death row like their time is coming so they're just gonna do what they want and i get it okay so here's my question you might not be able to answer it but I understand that like egg layers, like you probably, like you could eat them, but maybe they're not as tasty. So are meat birds like these genetic weirdos? Is that why they just like grow so fast? And then like, are we, is everybody eating who eats chicken? Are they eating GMO chickens? Because like they're all these weird mutant hybrids. Like, is that how that works? 
That's a great question. Yeah. So from what I understand, you can eat the the layers Mm -hmm. um, and they are as tasty. The only difference is they're not as big and plump. They're not bread for the meaty portion. They're They're bread for their their egg laying ability. So they, they are oftentimes going to lay an egg, one egg a day, or, you know, five or six eggs a week, depending on, on how you feed them and their schedule and the temperature and all that stuff. Whereas meat birds, from what I understand, meat birds are a cross of other meat birds. So the ones that we have are called big red broilers. They're available through Murray's Murray McMurray hatchery. They're similar to the common one, which is Cornish, Cornish cross, the white okay. yep. with the big thick legs. That's what everybody buys in the grocery store is a Cornish cross, um, kind of meat bird. These birds were bred to basically be filled with food and produce meat and cold before they can ever lay an egg. So okay. you, you, they can lay an egg if you were to let them grow old enough, but by the time they get old enough, their legs would collapse because they'd weigh so much. So they're pretty much only purposeful like use is, is meat. That's it. And I guess just be careful. I look into where you you get your meat birds. I know this one, the one we got it's some like heritage breed or something. So yeah, they might've genetically been manipulated because they're just bred to feed, feed us. Yeah. But the genetic but manipulation as far as like is GMO, like, it's breeding. It's not like actual yeah, that's, like manipulating. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that, those, uh, we were talking about this before we jumped on with you, but, um, we're learning the, the price just for feed alone is it's crazy. It's, um, well, depending on what you feed your chicks, like you can, you can buy a giant bag from the freaking cow ranch or something and, it can just be nonsense. It looks like pellets. Yeah. It's and you don't know what's in the pellets. It looks like the same thing you feed your horses. You know, like it all looks the same. You can feed them that or you can go do the route we're doing and trying to understand that, yeah, we're going to eat these eggs. So what we're feeding them, we need to be careful because we're going to consume that too. Yep. So keeping that in mind. Um, that's why we're so anal about what we give our birds and no soy at all. Like, please, no soy, no soy, no corn. And then whole oats is what we mostly feed them. And it's, it's really, if you take care of your chickens, they will take care of you. It's very expensive. Like right now, I think it's a dollar. The the food we buy is a dollar 58 a pound, which doesn't seem like it, it that much. But when you consider that like regular feed at the tractor supply store is like probably like. 50 cents a pound, but you don't know what's in it. You know, you could really save a bunch of money by not giving a shit what you feed your birds. But for, especially for our, our broilers, which is our meat birds, we want to feed them a diet that we would like to eat them, you know, knowing that they ate that food. So we give them a pretty good diet and they eat pretty good. Um, but we don't, we don't want them to have that like weird, cause I've heard of like those factory foods, I've heard of like plastic being in them, mm, like literally yeah. like they find microplastics in the chicken and with the broilers, if you feed them a good feed, corn and soy free, like the retail price for one broiler that's pasture raised is like $30 to $40 for one chicken. So I'm like, Hey, like it might cost us an arm and a leg, but each chicken is worth this much. Yeah. But what the, okay. Okay. These birds right now are for us and we might 
like give out a few or sell a couple to the local um, community just so they can hear feedback. But it is a thing to consider if that's what we want to get into is raising once a year, raising some meat birds and selling them out. But good Lord, I just think, will we even break even? It's just so, (laughs) and you consider the fact that these chickens eat half a pound of food a day each, each, and we have 15 of them. Plus, so think of like a dollar, whatever, 58 a pound half a pound a day. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it adds up. It adds up an extreme amount, but the quality is what, where it's at. And I feel like, no, we're probably not going to sell all these. This is mostly going to feed us, but it's the whole like trial and error and the goal with farming or ranching. And if you listen to any old rancher, or any old farmer, what they're going to tell you, the goal every year is to break even. Right. It has nothing to do with make a, making a profit. If they exactly. make a profit, that's an off year. That's like, yeah. oh, wow, we made money this year. Most years, they barely break even. Your, your goal is to break even so that you don't have to sell off pieces of your land. That's basically it. Yeah. And I'm starting to understand. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to be millionaires. I don't want to be a millionaire. I don't care if we break even or not. It's it's the bigger picture of being able to help the community. And if we, if this is some route we decide to go on and once a year raise meat birds, I'm down. If it's going to help feed our community, why not? I love it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, I have a couple of friends. Have you guys heard of like Azure or Azure standard? Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I know some of them get, the, they get their chicken feed from there and they really like it. Cause there's like organic versions and things like that. Um, so maybe that's something to look into. Um, like I said, I don't, we don't have chickens. I just know some people who do, um, and they have like a whole like, uh, animal feed section and they have like a bunch of different sections. Um, awesome. Yeah. I didn't even think about looking at them. I actually did look at them and it seemed like they were close to around the same price. I don't know if the price has gone up higher since they're Mm. that fire that they had to go through. Um, but I'll, I'll look again. I just want to feed them whole grains, which is why I was, I was thinking let's buy all the whole grains separately and mix them together. And we have a, there's actually a granary not too far away. So we can get really high quality, good organic, natural foods and just mix it together. It just takes time. And we'd have to buy like several hundred pounds of feed at once in order to to make, you know, make enough for this many birds and make it last for a long time. So I mean, I know you can buy certain things in bulk from Azor, um, a lot of things. So like all their flowers, like I haven't been able to get a big bag of flour in like five months. Oh, I, dang. the biggest bag that I could get is like a 10 pound bag. Um, there's like a couple that are like the bigger bags, like the 50 pound bags of flour, but they were like the gluten-free stuff and things that people don't typically use. But like general, all-purpose, non-brominated, non-enriched flour, I can't get bigger than the 10-pound bag. Oh, my gosh. And making sourdough, like I go through flour, like it's crazy. And I want that 50-pound bag, but I can't get it from there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, sourdough is a beast I've yet to get into. I'm looking forward. Maybe this that's something I'll tackle this winter, just get into it. But for sure, we got chicken 
we're up to our ears in chicken poo right now. <laughs> I heard it's good fertilizer, but like you can't use it immediately or something. Yeah, I guess if you if you ferment your feed, you can use it like immediately mm. as soon as they drop it. But it's we haven't really been sticking to that. You can't use it immediately thing, and I've just been scraping it off. Um, we we put the the layers in a little rabbit hutch right now, and they're outside, and we move the meat birds outside into this little dog pen that we kind of covered with a, a hockey net that I used to use to practice hockey in Southern California and just so that they can't fly out. But for the most part, they're, they're doing pretty well and they, they poop right where they stand and we just move it, you know, to another place in, in the next day or something so that they're not in the same area and the same area doesn't get littered with tons of chicken poop and manure. But I feel like over time with the soil quality we have here, it just adds to the soil. It's, uh, it's, we have such a rich soil here. There's earthworms everywhere. It's nuts. Yeah. The grass grows just quick and green and lush and beautiful. And they're going to be very happy chickens. Once, once the coop finally comes, it was supposed to come this past weekend and then good old supply chain issues, you know? So hopefully this weekend it'll come and we can build it and we can put our layers outside and they'll just be happy. I saw this thing that someone had done and it was like a, um, I'll see if I can describe it. Almost like one of those PV, it was like a dome made out of like PVC pipes and it was like a bunch of like hexagons and they called it a chicken tractor and they put like a tarp over half of it. So they had shade and then they just kind of like moved it around. So they got new grass every day and like new bugs, but they were contained because they were smaller, smaller chicks. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of what we're doing with this like rabbit hutch. It's it's actually a pretty tall rabbit hutch and we put a couple of roosts in there for them to play around with. Um but that's the that's the ideal. I mean, you just basically put them in one place for one day, the next day you move them to another place so every day they have a new adventure because a new patch of grass to a chicken is like a new form of entertainment. It's like us getting <laughs> a new entertainment center every day. For them, it's the same thing because that's something that occupies their time along with the roosting. And then, you know, the the dust bathing. They love... Oh, they that just, is my favorite thing. They like shove their, br- their like booty in there and they just love dusty. Oh, it's so fun to watch them just like... They like make a little sound when they dust bath. It's cute. If you guys could have any animal on a homestead assuming like feed wasn't an issue and like size on a farm and things like that what animal would you want to raise oh doesn't have to be gosh. to eat just like any animal you'd want to raise i well i'm thinking of functionality and dairy cow is like like an a2 jersey yeah. cow that is something i would like but then you'd have to have we learned well i learned recently you'd have to have two you can't just have one, apparently. Yeah, because when you get the cow, so what people don't understand is like cows don't just give milk. Mm-hmm. Like you don't buy a cow and then you're like, where's the milk? Like it doesn't just, the cow has to be put back into like a pregnancy phase in order for them to produce milk. So when you get a cow, a female cow, like a, a dairy cow, um, you actually have to get her pregnant mm-hmm. with with a bull or with bull semen. And then when she gives birth, that's when she starts to milk. And basically once the, once the calf is weaned, you keep milking her. And that's where the, the dairy comes from is you basically keep that milking process going. So you can't get one cow. You need to get two cows. You get one at the beginning, but eventually you have two and they raise another thing. And if that calf turns into a male, 
well, then you can snip snip and turn it into a beef steer if you really wanted to, or um, turn it into a, a bull that will impregnate other cows. But usually it comes out as a female and then maybe you get another dairy cow out of it. And when they get mature, you get them pregnant and the whole cycle kind of continues. I don't think I would choose a cow, although I love milk. I would choose lambs because they're cute. They're fuzzy. They're not hard on the ground. They eat tons of grass. They don't complain. And they're not like goats. They don't butt you in the head. They actually come up to you and they want to like rub against you like a dog. So <laughs> okay. I, like I love it. Good question. I don't know. I just like, sometimes I'll be like, if I had a homestead, I would do this, 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 and this not fully comprehending what I getting my imaginary self into. Um, but yeah. <laughs> what about what, what's your answer to that question? Right now I just want chickens cause I live in the suburbs, but like, sure. I would probably want like a goat or two cause they're social animals, probably more than one goat, some chickens and like a cow or two so like I could have beef but then like I would raise them for slaughter and then the goat in case like I couldn't breastfeed if I got pregnant and so like the baby would have milk and like I've like thought like 40 steps ahead of like what the animals I would need in case something in case like the apocalypse happened like what I would need to sustain yeah (laughs) you got to think that way that yeah I'm kind of the same way I try to think long term but Lately, I can't. I just, like I said, it is spring slash coming on summer and I just stay in the present, baby. That's all I do every day. Yeah, I'm actually have sourdough proofing in the fridge right now. So when we get done, it's going to go in the oven. Wonderful. Got to send us a pic. I'd like to see it. I will. Yeah. Yeah, I I tried to do a starter from scratch and I like I kept failing. So I ended up ordering some dehydrated starter and that worked out much better. Where did you get it from? I actually, so I have three in my cupboard right now from Azure Standard, but like I never like got up the gumption to do it for some reason. And then I ordered some from Ballerina Farms. It was just like someone I follow on Instagram. Um, and that came with like really good instructions on how to like rehydrate the starter. Um, and it's been going since just before Christmas. And yeah. Awesome. That is, I can't wait. I got to get into sourdough. I, I'm so not patient for sourdough. If you do it though, I'll, I'll enjoy it. I'm but sure. I, I can't, I can't do that. It seems really intimidating and like a lot of work. And like the first time you do it, like you read all the instructions, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to do this. And once you do it like twice, you're totally fine. Oh my gosh. Okay. I've perfected just doing our basic white bread with just flour, you know, that yeah. that's been... That's pretty easy. Like I can do it with my hands tied behind my back now. Maybe. Yeah. And it tastes really good. But sourdough, that is like, I got to get there. I got to get there. Well, like mine doesn't taste like that San Francisco soury sourdough. And that's what I prefer. But this is more of like a white bready tasting one. Like it's not super sour. So like it's nice because kids will eat it because we have some of those running around and, or, you know, my stepdaughter's friends will come over and if you give them actual sourdough bread, they don't actually like it. Like the uh, sour sourdough. I heard putting ginger in it kind of mm-hmm. yeah. gets the sour away. Yeah. That was, um, so our, the first, I don't know if it was technically, is it sourdough that what they gave us? I'm not sure. It was some kind of starter that our neighbors gave us. that was like 200 and something years old from like Czechoslovakia when that, that was still a sourdough country. starter. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I was, we were like, oh, let's, you know, let's take care of this. And you fed it sometimes. And I kind of took over feeding it, but I killed it eventually. I just, <laughs> I ruined it. Um, but what she does is she cooks it in a Dutch oven and then she, with her starter, she mixes a tiny bit, like a teaspoon of ground ginger. And I guess that cuts the sour tanginess of the sourdough and it ends up tasting just like white bread. And from what I tasted, it doesn't taste like sourdough. It tastes like regular bread. Yeah. So I've never heard that. I'm super interested. Yeah. And I don't remember tasting the ginger in the bread. I, so yeah, it just helps with taper the sour, but I like the sour in the sourdough. The more sour, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate talking about, you know, crazy families to chickens to wild turkeys on Thanksgiving. And like, we've run the gamut and I love it. I love it. Um, if people want to learn more about you or your hear about your homesteading adventures or just listen to your podcast. You also have a really great podcast with a lot of great people on there. Where can they find you? Oh, thank you so much for hearing our little rants. And uh, I'm sure there's plenty more we can say, but on another episode. Um, yeah, we are False Reality Check. Um, I'm Buffalo. And I'm Legs. And we can be found on falserealitycheck.com, uh, Instagram and Twitter at FRC pod or email us at FRC podcast at protonmail.com. And I know our RSS feeds kind of screwing up right now. That's my fault. <laughs> Apologize. I'm going to get it fixed. That's what happens when you switch hosts guys. Sorry. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're on Rockfin. Oh yeah. We're on Rockfin care. too. False at false reality check. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he said, we're trying to move to our own platform to kind of just not depend on others to put out our content. So we're working on, or I should say he's working on that. (laughs) I am technically retarded. Technically I am retarded. (laughs) So I'm just going to do the stick to the blue collar work because that's what I'm good at. (laughs) Yeah, We'll get links up for the new, we're kind of creating like a network. So we'll get the links for that out once that's ready. I don't want people to see the site until it's not looking gross anymore. So <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, yeah, I'm very baby stages of a website, but I haven't even like shown it to anybody yet. So I get it. I get it. Awesome. This has been great, Ellie. Thank you so much. So much yeah. Fun. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming on. I appreciate it. And thank you everyone for listening to speed bumps. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day.